it's very easy to break into the tech industry. And whoever wants to break into the tech industry, I would strongly, strongly encourage them to get certification. And once you get in the tech industry, it is constantly evolving and changing. You have to be a lifetime learner and you have to continue to seek out other certifications to keep your skills fresh. But to break into the industry, I would definitely urge young ladies and young men as well to just go after different certifications. What a better way to start season six of a See Like Different podcast and be a part of the communication. There's conversations all over social media about everyone doing the great resignation, everyone kind of taking that leap of faith and doing what it is they want to do, or everyone really loving working from home and wanting to find remote jobs in the tech industry. I decided to talk to family. And I thought, what not a better person to do that than my own big sister, who's literally been in the tech industry since 1999. So today on the Sea Life Different podcast, we have my big sister, Rashida. She is a certified project manager and a certified scrum master in the cybersecurity industry. She graduated from FAMU, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, a HBCU or historically Black college and university with a bachelor's in science with a focus in public relations. So when she graduated, she realized that there's actually a need for the tech industry. And so she loved being able to utilize her public relations skills in the tech industry. So even though she's a lifetime learner, when she's not always on a computer, she's always loves to travel. Even though she's been remotely working since 2005, she loves being with people. She's a people person and she has the most highly skilled interior decorating skill that I've ever seen, like ever. So we're going to talk about how she got into the tech industry and uh, tips for you. If you are listening to this or watching this and you want to get into the tech industry and there's just so much conversation, so many different directions on which direction you should go, this conversation just may inspire you. Hi, Rasita. Hey, sis. Thank you for that introduction. I didn't know you admired my interior decorative skills. So I look, I do. Look, I've been a nomad all my life. So what do I know about that? <laughs> so whenever I visit your house, I'm like, oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Your your story is is interesting, but it's also just like any other um, black woman in tech. Uh, you mm-hmm. you go to school with one degree, and mm-hmm. it was great. But then you you get into the job market, and then it's like right now this isn't exactly the industry for me. So how did you really make that switch from uh, journalism to then tech? I think it was just all kind of you know, by happenstance that I made that switch. Um, so when I first graduated from college, I graduated December of 98. And I did an internship um, right out of college um, at a PR firm. I just found that it really wasn't for me. And then the the money also in public relations, it, it wasn't <laughs> that much back then. You know, I had student loans I needed to pay and the earning potential really wasn't that great. The earning potential could be good in journalism and public relations, but a lot of times it's for, you know, a select few. 
So that was another thing I had to consider. Once my internship finished, I was just, I needed money. I needed to pay my car notes. So I started working for a temp service and I got on with Sprint um, telephone company or cell phone company. Back then they did landlines as well, but I got on with Sprint through the temp service and then eventually I went permanent and I just really liked it. It was like my first real job in corporate America. I was learning so much. It was all new to me and I really didn't know then where it would take me. I really didn't understand at that time that it was kind of going to be the the springboard for getting other, other opportunities in the technology sector. I worked at Sprint for about 99, to, for, for about three years. And then I went to Bell South. Most of my career in technology has been in telecommunications, which was a great training ground because telecommunications, the type of telecom that I did, it was kind of complex. I think that it was a good springboard into other technology opportunities because I think other potential employers felt, well, if she can learn this aspect of telecom, then, you know, she can learn our area of technology as well. So it was, you know, I didn't realize it was going to be a transferable skill set at the time. I was at what Bell South for three years. Then I went to a small company called Universal Solutions, and I was laid off from there after a year because they were acquired. So then I went back to Sprint <laughs> for like 10 years. And then I, I got my PMP certification, which really, really helped to kind of catapult me into... Oh, wait, for those who are completely new to that industry, PMP stands for what? Project Management Professional Certification. So it's a very in-demand certification for project managers, not just in the tech industry, but for any, in any industry. Um, so it's a highly sought after skill out there in the market. And it's a very difficult certification. It's, it's like taking a college course almost. So I... Got my certification in December of 2015, and then I did a volunteer a voluntary separation package from Sprint in February of 2016, and that's when I started. And then I, you know, started. I was out there looking. I had my certification, so that really helped. And um, I got an opportunity to interview with Dell um, or Secure Work, which is owned by Dell. And that was my entry into cybersecurity, right? So that was what June of when did I start working there? June of June of 2016. So I worked there for about five years. I was able to learn a lot about cybersecurity. Um, and now I'm at my current company, uh, Proficio, which is also a cybersecurity. Um, managed service provider company. And that really opened up a whole new world for me because cybersecurity is definitely like the hot industry right now in IT. So anybody that is looking to go into IT or into technology, I strongly, strongly encourage them to consider cybersecurity. When did you make that and then what was that like turning point from mm -hmm. uh, telecommunication communication cell phone mm -hmm. to the cyber security and kind of what, what was that light bulb moment for you um it was a little difficult at first because i knew nothing about, about cybersecurity, so it was difficult and when i was out there applying 
after I took the voluntary pack separation package from Sprint, I wasn't necessarily just looking in the cybersecurity industry. That's just where I landed. I, I applied for positions in the financial technology industry um, and, you know, a few other areas of IT. And I was able to get the opportunity, you know, in cybersecurity, which I'm really glad I did. So, yeah, I was that's just the opportunity that I landed, you know, so I just kind of stumbled into cybersecurity. But now that I'm in cybersecurity, that's really where I want to to stay, you know, for the rest of my career. Hopefully I can I can retire in the next 10 years. I, I really do want to stay in cybersecurity because it's a growing industry and it's a lot of job security as well. Yeah. So that's important too of just knowing that you can still do your job search in the tech industry. Like you started in telecommunication, you can go to uh, cybersecurity, you can maintain staying in the project management, you can be like me and, and do the marketing side of tech. How can people really kind of really decide mm-hmm. when they get into the tech industry? Mm-hmm which direction they should really go because there's multiple directions to really go right yes that's a really good question i would definitely encourage people to do their research it, you everything starts i guess with a google search so i would encourage people to look at the the outlook like the job outlook for the particular area of it that they're interested in I look at the the salary ranges, you know, because obviously money is important. Um, I would encourage them to look at any certifications that they could obtain um, for the particular area they're interested in. That's another thing about technology. You don't have to have a college degree to go into technology and make like a six-figure salary. You can just get high-demand certifications and that exponentially increases your your value, your market value. I would, you know, just encourage people to do their research and, and, and look at the types of certifications that are required, salary ranges, things of that nature. Okay, perfect. And so speaking of certification, you did also get the Scrum Master certification around 2015. So talk more about that. Actually, I just recently got my Scrum certification. That was last year, 2021. So Scrum's certification. So in project management, you have two major methodologies. You have waterfall, the waterfall methodology of project management, and then you have the agile methodology of project management, right? So waterfall is a methodology, whereas you you plan everything like upfront, you know, you plan as much as you can before the project starts. But in IT, That is not always realistic, you know, especially like with software development projects. So you have to kind of with the agile method, you kind of plan out the project in phases or increments. So that's the idea behind the scrum methodology. So my certification, my PMP certification was more so more so geared toward waterfall, the waterfall methodology. And so I wanted to learn more about the agile methodology. And that's why I pursued the scrum certification. So scrum certification is not nearly as intense as PMP certification. I basically just 
got that certification. I did a weekend class, Saturday, Sunday, and then we took the test like that Sunday afternoon after we finished the class. So it's as far as um, certifications and project management, Scrum is definitely low-hanging fruit. You know, that's an easy certification that you can pick up. And it will definitely kind of amp up your resume. But again, it's just kind of centered around the agile methodology. And it was really developed for software development projects. So that's kind of what the focus of Scrum is. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that, especially for those who are like, what does all of this mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When did you, which one of the jobs was your actual first remote job? Because you've been doing it since around 2005, right? Actually, probably before then. So my first remote job was actually my first tour (laughs) at Sprint. So I worked at Sprint when I first graduated from college. So that was, what, 99 to 2002. And so I actually started working remote at Sprint probably around 2001. So that was my first opportunity to work remotely. And then when I but when I went to Bell South, I was in the office. And then after Bell South, I went to another company where I was working remotely. And then when I went back to Sprint, I worked remote um, probably maybe, what, three days a week. So I've worked remote um, remotely most of my career. So how did you get into that? Because at least now mm-hmm. there's the option, like pretty much most jobs, that's pretty much what it is. Everything yeah. is remotely. But back then you had to have, had to weigh some kind of options, right? Mm-hmm. So how did that really work? Did you have to put it on your resume that that was your preference when they mm-hmm. bring it up in meetings? How did that work back then? That's another good thing about tech, Zakira, is tech is on the cutting edge a lot of times of doing newer, newer, more innovative thing. So a lot of times the in the tech industry, they'll take the plunge first before other industries as far as trying out new things like working remote. I didn't put it on my resume necessarily. It was I wasn't necessarily pursuing jobs back then that were just remote. It just so happened that it ended up being remote, you know, so I wasn't necessarily pursuing that. Now I now I am, though, <laughs> because I'm so used to it at this point. But back then, it wasn't something that I necessarily put on my resume or that I was pursuing. Got it. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. Could you have me thinking mm-hmm. like when I when, when I really first actually started really diving into marketing, like that's it, like mm-hmm. most of the things, those of the projects were online. It was Facebook, it was Instagram, right. it was, um, you know, MySpace at that time. So yeah. everything is, is from the computer anyway. So exactly. where do I really work? Doesn't really matter. Nobody really asked me that right. uh, as long as I get the work done. You know, I've never had to meet face to face with my customers. I mean, now, one of my big clients when I was at Bell South, we did travel to Nashville because that's where the client was headquartered. But I've never had to really be face to face with any of my clients working. It was a it was just a natural fit to work remotely. Yeah, I love that. Now, speaking of of face-to-face versus non-face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that I, now that like I'm learning more about you on this call and it's amazing, mm-hmm. right? So with your public relations mm-hmm. like focus mm-hmm. and how do you really kind of balance that? Because now that I remember that you used to hold book clubs and you were the one who really spearheaded our first ever, first couple of family reunions, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you use your event planning and public relations skills. Mm-hmm. So how do you really, um, when you're not working, like how mm-hmm. do you really choose 
what you do in your spare time for versus I want to I want to interact with people versus I don't want to interact with people. And are you asking me like what kind of hobbies do I have in my spare time or yes. how do I balance not being able to interact with people face to face in my job? Yeah, both questions. So what do you do in your spare time and how do you choose which spare time activities mm-hmm. are like just simply Netflix, Netflix and chill? <laughs> Yeah, I love I love to chill, definitely, especially on the weekends. I love to decompress. But, you know, as far as as hobbies, I definitely like you mentioned before, I I love interior design. Um, So a lot of times, like on the weekends, I'm like looking through magazines, trying to get ideas, you know, for things I can do in my home. I'm a part of a podcast every week. And that's something that has kind of, you know, taken off and I've become more involved in. But there's a podcast that I do every week um, about the Atlanta child murders and, you know, bringing justice to the to the family. So that's something that I like to do in my spare time as well. I'm, I'm able to choose like I'm kind of an I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert and an empath. So I do love people and I love to socialize as well. But kind of on my terms, like after a while, I might get a, I get a little overstimulated if I'm around too many people and I have to kind of be by myself a little, you know, but I definitely love being around people, but I don't have to be around a lot of people all the time because it's because I'm kind of an empath. It, it can be, you know, overstimulation for me and it can be exhausting sometimes. I'm glad you mentioned about um, being an empath because that's, that's what we both are. And mm-hmm. so even for us, that's been our quality time. That's mainly what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. We would eat, we go to the movies mm-hmm. and that's about it. We're, we're mm-hmm. you know, one of the few people that, you know, can enjoy just being in each other's space quietly. Right. <laughs> Most people feel like right. you have to have a conversation. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Now, I think one thing that I feel like we completely overlooked, mm-hmm. especially you reminded me once you mentioned um, the Atlanta crime, is that you are one of the rare birds of Atlanta native, born and raised, with the exception of going to FAMU, Florida for FAMU, right? Right. That's correct. I've been here all my life. Yes. So <laughs> I think people would be like, I hear her accent. Where is she from? So now you have your answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm a Georgia peach through and through. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now, where uh, do you want to travel to? I love to say, I love to end the, the podcast with, with this fun question of where do you want to tra- travel to when this is all over with? But I think most pandemics, we know that they take a, a couple of years to fully, fully end. But where do you want to travel to next? Domestically, I probably, I, I want to go to Denver. I've always wanted to travel to Denver. But internationally, like my absolute goal is to go to Egypt. I would love to see the pyramids before I leave this earth. (laughs) So that's like definitely on my bucket list. I would love to go to Spain. I would love to go to Madrid. I love going to, I like cruising. I like cruises. I love going to the Caribbean islands. You know, that's, that's something I've, I've done before, obviously, but yeah, definitely Egypt, Spain. I would like to go to Denver. Um, I've, I've been to New York, but I was really young when I went. My mom's ex-husband was from New York, so I barely remember it. So I did, I want to get back to New York as well, eventually. But yeah, traveling is in my blood. been traveling since I was probably five or six weeks old. My first trip was to 
Ohio to to visit our grandmother. So yeah, my mom worked for the airline. So as a as a kid, I definitely did quite a bit of traveling. Yeah, and then our, our dad was is a military veteran, so mm-hmm. he that that's definitely why it's in our blood. Like <laughs> he, he he traveled so much that he just kind of stayed with us, and mm-hmm. and and good thing for that, you know, because right. I realize now so many kids just just stay in Georgia, stay in Florida, stay mm-hmm. you know wherever they are, and then mm-hmm. the first experience of travel isn't until college. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. It's a lot of people that have never even been on an airplane, probably. Yeah, or cruise. Yeah, until they're adults. Yep. Now, speaking of when did you when did you first start cruising? And and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but is, is it a family member that really really introduced you to like just cruising on a regular? Oh, definitely, Uncle Eric. You already know the answer to that because he. <laughs> I just talked to him the other day, and he has like five cruises lined up for this year <laughs> but my first cruise was um when I worked for Bell South I won Pinnacle Club and that's where the, it's like an all expense company paid trip and that was my very first cruise that was in 2005 and I took um, my mom and I just I think I've been hooked ever since <laughs> for me my first actual you've actually beat me in the cruise cruise uh, category because mm-hmm. my first actual cruise mm-hmm. um wasn't until I was um overseas it was london crossing that water over to france oh, okay. the uk uh-huh. or england crossing over to france and that was it they call it a ferry oh, you know british okay. time call it ferry uh-huh. but it was an overnight cruise and it had everything that a cruise would have oh, wow. and, and that was it i it didn't know that okay yeah. Yeah. I bet mean, that was a yeah. fun experience. It was, yeah. it was, and we were all kids. We're, we're mm-hmm. teenagers at that time. We were doing it was, it was the um, mm-hmm. study, not the study abroad, the global ambassador trip that I did, and mm-hmm. so we were all kids, just you know, finally having a break from just trying to be, you know, diplomatic American. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, cruising is a lot of fun, and it's it's an economical way to travel too. I love that. All right. Now, the second question that I love to um, Mm -hmm. wrap up podcast conversations with is, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, my God. That's a great question. Was that in the questions you said to me? (laughs) Yeah, you may have missed it. Maybe I missed it. I think I want my legacy to be that, number one, I treated people well. That's first and foremost, that I was that I was kind to people, that I tried to help in any way that I could, that I can. Gosh, I don't know. You like caught me off guard with this one, Zakira. And I guess I want my legacy to be that I was able to conquer knowledge of self. You know what I'm saying? To to know who I am, why I'm here, and where I'm going. So this is, I mean, this is what life is all about. It's all about that search for knowledge of self. And you're never going to know everything, obviously, before you leave this earth. But I probably didn't articulate that very well. But yeah, that's what I would want to be remembered for. (laughs) Makes perfect sense to me. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Now, where can listeners Mm -hmm. um, and viewers See more of your interior decorating skills and connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, you can you you want to post my LinkedIn um link in here? Can you post it in here? I'm definitely on LinkedIn under Rashida Maynard. Um, and you can can you post like the link to my page here? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would do what I would do is in the show notes, mm-hmm. I'll post a link to your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I'll post a link to your LinkedIn. And then how can, if anyone wants to really like learn from you, I don't know, maybe one-on-one mm-hmm. about breaking into the tech industry, how can they uh, contact you that way? Um, they can email me, um, R-Z-M-A-Y-N-E-R, so R-Z-Mainer at yahoo.com. So I'll be sure to put your email and your LinkedIn in the show notes. Okay. And if any, if no one else got anything else from your conversation, what is one thing you want the ladies who want to break into the tech industry to remember? So it's very easy to break into the tech industry. And whoever wants to break into the tech industry, I would strongly, strongly encourage them to get certifications. And once you get in the tech industry, it is constantly evolving and changing. You have to be a lifetime learner and you have to continue to seek out other certifications to keep your skills fresh. But to break into the industry, I would definitely urge young ladies and young men as well to just go after different certifications and research the type of certifications that are in demand for the particular sector of IT they want to go into. Perfect. Well, thank you, Miss OG in Women in Tech. Thank you for the conversation. (laughs) You're welcome, sis. I enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com.